I'm Angie Robertson, and you're listening to Spirit-Led Life, Episode 7. If you watched the recent Super Bowl, you might have seen the commercials for He Gets Us. And if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, like me, you probably heard about them. Those commercials have been controversial in the Christian community, to say the least. Well, we're not going to talk about those commercials in this episode, but what I will say is rather than He Gets Us, I say He's in us, the Holy Spirit that is. On today's episode, we are going to dive a little deeper into who the Holy Spirit is and what He does in us, for us, and through us. Let's go to the show. Welcome to the show. As you might have heard in the intro, I'm a little nasally because I'm getting over a really severe head cold. And I was hoping by the time I recorded this episode that it would be completely gone, but that is not the case. This thing is hanging on. So we're just going to go with it. We're not going to miss an episode. I feel great, just sound a little nasally, so a little more than normal anyway. So hopefully you'll hang in there with me and uh, you'll look past it as we get going. Now, if you listened to episode four, we talked about the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I touched briefly on the Holy Spirit. But today, we are going to dive a little deeper because after all, the show is called Spirit-Led Life, and that means being led by the Holy Spirit. How can we do this if we don't even know who He is, what He does, or even how do we receive Him? The answer is we won't. In my experience, it seems like the Holy Spirit isn't talked about very much, and I believe it's a missed gift that Jesus left for us when He departed this earth. I love what A.W. Tozer wrote in his book, How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. He writes, Oh, if God's people could only learn that spirit can penetrate personality, that your personality is not an impenetrable substance, but can be penetrated. I know that is pretty heavy and you might start to tune me out right now, but hang in there. Once I explain more, this quote will mean a whole lot more to you. First, I'm going to touch on the language used. You will see Holy Ghost, which can tend to create some angst because we're talking about a ghost. We're using the word ghost. And then you'll also see Holy Spirit. It really depends on the type of translation of the Bible, but both of them are correct and no one is different than the other. Both terms really are describing God's spirit. Now, I'm going to make a bold statement here and say that when I'm speaking on this podcast, I go in with the mindset that I'm speaking to an audience I assume is Christ followers. Of course, if you are not, you are more than welcomed here, and this part may not make sense yet. So let me speak to those who are Christ followers. You may be familiar with Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, what do you think the enemy is going to distort, place fear in, and pervert. You guessed it, spirit. Why on earth would he want us to be followers of Christ and tap into the Holy Spirit when it is the most powerful weapon we have, next to the Word of God, of course? I truly believe he has tried to distort it in the church because he darn sure knows that if we as followers can grasp this, then we will be like what A.W. Tozer said, oh, if God's people could only learn that spirit can penetrate personality, that your personality is not an impenetrable substance, but can be penetrated. 
This is one of the many driving reasons I'm obeying God in doing this podcast. If we as followers understand and start to work in tandem with the Holy Spirit, look out. I mean, we will shake heaven and earth for the kingdom of God. So are you ready to learn more about the Holy Spirit now? So let's start with who is the Holy Spirit? Let's look to the truth of God's word for our answer, and I'll share some other resources as well. We can see in John 16, 7 through 14, where Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, there's a lot to unpack in these verses, but we know that the Spirit is part of the Trinity. This is why we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love what A.W. Tozer writes in his book. He is a person, put that down in capital letters, that the Holy Spirit is not only a being having another mode of existence, but he is himself a person with all the qualities and powers of personality. I think to better understand the Holy Spirit and who he is would be to know more of his purpose or what he does. The scripture I just read gave us some clues as to who he is. We can find in that scripture that he convicts the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He is the spirit of truth. He will guide us. What he hears from heaven, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify God and Jesus. And he will take what is the Father's and declare it to you. Just in that one passage of scripture, we already see the power of the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't stop there. There's so many other scriptures out there, and I'm not going to go into every single one of them, but there's so many other verses out there that can give us more detail. But those are kind of the pivotal aspects of the Holy Spirit. We also see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that he is the giver of spiritual gifts, which there are actually three categories of gifts as well. In future episodes, we will focus on one of the categories of gifts called the motivational gifts, which I can't wait because this really helps us understand even more how God designed us because the motivational gift is placed in you at the time that God formed you. So in, also in Galatians 5, through 23, we see he produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control within the believer, also known as the fruit of the Spirit. Here are some other roles the Holy Spirit plays as well. He strengthens and equips us. He does the work of regeneration. He gives us life and sustains us. He purifies us, unifies us, guides us, and directs us. He comforts us. After all, Jesus said he's the comforter. He gives us assurance and evidence of God's presence. He reveals the Father's love to us, and He teaches and illuminates God's Word to us. 
and we've talked about this before, about how you can read a verse of Scripture, and at the time, it may not be something that God's teaching you, but then you'll go back later, and that whole, that verse is completely different. That is the Holy Spirit illuminating that to you and bringing that to life because it's something that you need in that moment. I love how our current pastor, Jordan Tardo, described the Holy Spirit in a recent sermon, which I'll link to in the show notes because it's an amazing sermon, and it'll help you to further study this. And I gleaned so much from it in preparing for today's episode. He says, Jesus breaks the chains and the Holy Spirit helps remove the chains and heals the trauma from the chains. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me because given my past and history, I'm glad to know that not only did Jesus break those chains, but they're removed and I can be healed from them. So more about the Holy Spirit. He's not a ghost to be frightened of or a force to be wielded, but rather an equally divine member of the one triune God, the Spirit of God, and the Spirit is worthy of praise, worship, and obedience. So I hope you're starting to see the power of the Holy Spirit and understand why it is important to acknowledge Him and live your life in tandem with Him. Before we move on and talk about how to be filled with the Spirit, I want to make sure that you are following and that you share this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I'd also love it if you would consider leaving a kind review so others can find us. When you leave that review, it pushes us up further in the algorithms of podcast world and more people can find the podcast. And we certainly want to reach more people with the truth of God's word. Now, you're probably wondering, Angie, you've made your case. But how do we receive the Holy Spirit? I mean, I've heard about this before and something about falling out in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, and I really don't know about that, nor do I want to participate in that. It kind of freaks me out. I get you. I've been there. I've been a follower of Christ for over 35 years now, which if you do the math, my most formative years were in the late 80s, early 90s, when there was a lot of what we considered Pentecostal teaching back in the day, the name it and claim it, all those things. And I remember as a brand new follower of Jesus, I started attending an old school Southern Baptist church because that's what I was familiar with from when I was a little girl. Now, I'm not picking on denominations here, just just giving you a little bit of context of what I thought was true about the Holy Spirit, and it may ring true for you as well. You may have had the same experience. And in that particular denomination, we never talked about him as the Holy Spirit, Very briefly, they would mention it, or we would baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we never taught about it. So after attending this particular church for a few years, I found some mentors in the church, um, a couple, and they were amazing. Um, They had a, a Christian bookstore, and I ended up working there for a few summers, and they were very pivotal in my development of my spiritual walk with God. They started to attend another church. It was a spirit-filled, non-denominational church. And I kind of use that in quotes a little bit, loose air quotes. And I remember they began to share with me about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about it. I had heard about it before. And we talked about a spiritual language. And they did say that, yes, that's part of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to lie. It kind of freaked me out because I'd had a really bad experience with that before attending a full-on Pentecostal church, you know, with a friend. But I decided, you know what, let's just kind of listen and see because this isn't the first time I've heard about it. Maybe there's something different. 
So they invited me to attend this church and learn for myself what it was all about, just see for myself. Well, the pastor of the Baptist church that I attended got wind, and he was not at all happy about this and preferred that I not attend. As a matter of fact, he actually didn't welcome the couple back into their church, which I thought was kind of wrong. But anyway, again, we're back in the day when there was a lot of misteaching of theology. So But me being the person that I am, and if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I am at Enneagram 6, and we we are loyal to a T, and we trust authority until we don't trust authority. And when we don't trust authority, then we become a little bit, we start questioning, and we start to rebel a little bit. So I kind of started to fall into that, didn't realize that at the time, but that's absolutely what was happening. So I attended the church. And yes, there was, they taught that to receive the Holy Spirit, you had to speak in tongues. That was a byproduct of receiving it. That's how you knew that you received the Holy Spirit as you started speaking in tongues. And the way that they taught was that this was something that was available to believers. You know, once we've been saved, this was something that was available to us. And I thought it was the only way that we could receive the Holy Spirit was to begin to pray, speak in tongues, and even fall out on the floor, all the things. But this was farthest from the truth. I have since learned in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, all we have to do is accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And as Jesus promised, he gives us the comforter. He is received upon salvation. You don't have to speak in tongues to have the Holy Spirit. And we can see this in scripture in Romans 8, 9, and 10. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What I also learned is that being filled with the Holy Spirit is something that happens daily. And what I mean by that is that When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it means to yield our lives to him so that he leads and guides us. And on some days, I don't know about you, it's harder to do that than others, especially if somebody is driving slow in front of you or if you're a little, if you have a little road rage like I do, (laughs) any of those little things can always be a trigger of not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And it could be to the biggest things about what person to marry or date or what church to go to, or what school to attend, or what job to take, all those things can be yielded to the Holy Spirit to guide us. It is a constant surrender and practice. And the more we do it, the more we exercise that spiritual muscle so that we can fully live by his guidance. A.W. Tozer goes on to describe in that book how to be filled as this. Here is how to receive. First, present your body to him. And he references Romans 12, 1 and 2. And they said, God can't fill what he can't have. And I'll read uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, circling back to speaking in tongues, in an upcoming episode, I am absolutely going to cover that. 
you know, what does that mean? Is it for today's followers? Because remember, if we go back to the book of Acts, we see that the falling of the Holy Spirit and how they spoke in different languages. But today, I want to dispel the myth that to believe or even speak about the Holy Spirit, it also had to include speaking in tongues. At its basic, the Holy Spirit is for every believer and follower of Jesus. So as we start to wrap up, and before I get to this week's HPS, if you aren't on the list to receive notifications of when new episodes drop, and behind the scenes I only share in this email and nowhere else, be sure to visit spiritledlifepodcast.com and you will see the subscribe form. Just scroll down the page and you'll see it there. Fill that out and you will be added to the list. For this week's Heavenly Position System Challenge, as always, we are going to take our journals. If you have been listening for a while, you know this is what we're going to do. I'm a huge advocate for journaling. It is one way I have discovered that helps me grow closer to God and know Him even more. So I want you to write out in your journal what have been your past thoughts when it comes to the Holy Spirit. What preconceived ideas did you have? After hearing today's episode, What did you learn? Did you discover any truth that dispels lies you were believing? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any other truths to you. I hope this episode brought you some truth about the Holy Spirit and has encouraged you to learn more and begin living more intentionally yielded to Him. When I'm preparing these episodes, which takes quite a bit of time, because I take sharing this information very seriously, I'm trying to share as much truth as possible And while I may not share every possible detail, I hope this encourages you to continue studying for yourself so you can uncover further truth and also ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate things to you in the scripture. He will absolutely always give you the truth when you ask him for it. On the next episode, I'm going to have a special guest on to talk about how we can connect uniquely to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit or what she refers to as her heavenly board of directors. I figured this was a great episode to kind of tie up everything that we've been learning in the last few episodes. You won't want to miss this, especially if you have a hard time communicating with God. As I close today, I want to leave you with some encouragement, which I think we could all use during these times. It comes from John 14, 25 through 27. And it says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And be sure to tune in each week so we can learn together how to have a spirit-led life.